the setup. I'm Chris Grace. I'm John Accardo. And it's Sunday, October 20th, 2019. Uh, we got delayed this week because I was a little ill. Yeah. How you feeling? Uh, last night was my first like regular night of sleep. Cool. How? So. Uh, uh, what was the nature of your ailment? Did you get a flu or a... Uh, I had fever. Fever. Yeah. In fact, we were supposed to record last week and I was really happy that you pushed it off because the time that we were supposed to record, I was in the bed... And like my fever didn't break for like four hours, mm-hmm. so and it's fever's just the worst. Yeah, they're because they're bad when they, it hasn't broken, and they're bad when it's broken. Right. Because then you're just like so sweaty and right. like it's horrible. So I wasn't in shape to talk about magic. Right. Uh, and now I am. Uh, by the way, well, now it's too late. I was going to say people should go see Lightning. Well, yeah, I saw your Facebook post this morning about it. And Unless uh, I release this in the next thirty minutes and someone runs to right. the L.A. Opera. Uh, and I was actually so sick Friday night I missed Little Shop of Horrors oh, okay. so I did not see it didn't end up seeing mm-hmm. it so I have did no Eric th- also miss it he no he went he went what did he think uh, he thought it was okay I think that's a fair thing I think the performances are very very good yeah I think though that you kind of go into that show really like expecting the spectacle of it in a way that they kind of don't deliver on I was thinking maybe that the the it could it boil down to something as simple as like the puppeteer promised more than they could deliver I don't know. Uh, because he said that at the very beginning of it, he thought it was going to be very cool. He like he thought the very first time the plant like walked around or something. Right. He was like, oh, this is going to be amazing, but then it didn't really heighten. Yeah, like the first time, what's interesting is, is um, the first time that potted plant like moves, there's like someone under it operating it, and it's kind of like yeah. scooting across the table. Yeah. It never really does that again for the rest of the show. Well, he also said that it was weird that it they never like lip-synced the plant to the singing or the time Right. Speaking. A lot of it, it just didn't... So do anything? Yeah, it was it was it was strange. Um, I did like that every time it eats somebody, they kind of come up with an interesting like creative like it was yeah. a little bit different every time. Uh-huh. Um, and they kind of, you know, would use a different technique or idea to create like what it would look like for this plant to eat. So uh-huh. it's sort of different all three times. Oh uh, well, I didn't see it anyway, so I guess right. it doesn't really matter. <laughs> right. And Lightning Piazza was good. Lightning Piazza was great. Cool. Uh oh, something bu- bumped on my. Oh. Um, it's actually fine. It's just, I don't know why. I was trying to look up something from my email because uh, I did not get into the castle. Sorry to hear that. Um, I, I, I think I spoke about this last time that I was kind of expecting it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and the I will say that the feedback this time is so much better and more useful than last time. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I don't know how much detail I actually went into last time. But I don't it think was, you did. It was sort of disheartening detail. what it was you, written last time. I don't think you've talked about that. Um, and I would say that this time, basically, the feedback was exactly what I thought it was going to be. Okay. Um, basically, that there was a flash of when some cards were added. and Oh, and this one I didn't think about, but they said... The, uh, no the, more Asians in the castle. Yeah, they said enough. I've been thinking about that a lot. <laughs> They no. said it was noticeable when you added a couple of cards to the four cards you were mm-hmm. holding, and that's the thing I flashed for sure. Um, and then it said the break you were holding below the two cards was very visible to the right side of the audience, mm. which I didn't think about. Okay, well, uh, again, both. things I don't think about and Those, we'll never think about right? because this is a new way of thinking about magic. Right. Don't care about flashes. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, I think we talked it's about- called magic about, for me. Yeah. We were talking last time about these things that you, I think, would have built into your sense of like- angles and that kind of stuff sure that might be something you would be more aware right. of also would probably be i'd be more aware of if i had anybody with any expertise actually like coach me mm-hmm. as opposed to just but i will say that there was a part of me that wanted to just get in like especially with no real 
coaching. Right. Like I wanted to be able to like, and without people that know me on the committee being there when it happened, I mm -hmm. thought it would be cool to like get right. in sort of just completely on my own mm -hmm. uh, merits. And now I'm like third time. Let's 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 uh, stack the deck. Let's get <laughs> right. everybody in there. <laughs> um, and then another one that I mentioned. I'll dress up as someone on the committee, and yeah. I'll and I'll. I think he's great. Did you dress up as Dove? Um, is that Dove? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, that won't be problematic at all. No. Um, and then I remember driving home from the audition thinking about this next issue that I didn't ever think about before. And that's when it occurred to me the idea of like you and Taylor and Robert having like a more built in sense of angles, mm -hmm. which is they said when showing the four indifferent cards, this is off of an Elms account, mm -hmm. the left side of your audience couldn't see the cards because of the way you were turned and how you're holding the card. So it's basically doing an Elmsy and there's people here. Got it. And I'm like, these cards don't matter. And like they couldn't see what I was doing. And like on the drive home, I was like, oh, when I did that, I bet those two guys over there couldn't see it. Gotcha. Um, so I guess they want me to be like, in fact, they said when doing magic for a group of people that are spread out, as was the case during your audition, remember to display card faces so the entire group can see them, not just the person that's sitting at the table. I know, didn't know this. Did you know this? Also, if you simply turn a card face up and place it on the table, a number of people won't be able to see it. Set it on the table tilted so all can see it, then lay it down. Yeah, that's... Uh, um, the, so uh, the thing about a lot of those... like, like flipping like, it over like this. Right. The thing about a lot of those front rows, um, especially like in the close-up gallery, is that uh, the, that front row is so low that they're basically like level to the table in many cases. Right. So and so a lot of like people... That. Exactly. A lot of people um, underestimate how limiting that is and what you're able to see. And so a lot of things that are flat there um, on the table can easily be difficult to see, especially if, yeah, yeah, for like... Um, uh, sort of not like if like you have like an eight of clubs or something, you know, that can mm -hmm. be confused with like three other cards. Right. Uh, it, it's kind of hard to to make stuff like that out. So are they saying go like this? Basically, hold it kind of at a tilt. Yeah, I think they're saying is like just kind of hold it up in any way until you know that everyone is registered what the card is and then set it down. Yeah, that makes sense. That's where you get a lot of people um, in close up venues who will use close and I've done this use close up mats where they put like decks of cards or something under the back to um, the, the back part tilt, of the close-up mat to tilt them. it up just like an inch so it has a bit of a, a slant there. Um, that way it's not like a huge, it, not going to be sliding down the mat, but that way it kind of just creates a bit of a forced um, um, sort of gradient mm -hmm. there that people can easily see those sorts of things. And it doesn't really like harm anything in the for people in the third row. What about a close-up pad that has that angle built into it and has like a storage space there? What do you mean? Like build a close-up pad that has the angle oh, yeah. built into it, and then it's got a little hollow in the back. Yeah, you could probably make that if you like even have like two little uh, sticks that are built in that you could like, set down. Yeah. Maybe at different heights, different... Uh, Almost like a keyboard, the legs on a keyboard. Yeah, this sounds like something I can make and sell for $500. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm, I was looking at, uh, for $450, something called like the Wellington switchboard. Have you seen no that? No idea what that is. It's, I, think, well, I think it's called the Wellington. Uh, it's four colored light bulbs oh, and four yes. colored switches. Yes, I have seen this. And no matter where you put the bulbs, like the switch will turn on that colored bulb. Right. I have seen that. It's pretty cool. Maybe a Christmas present for myself. I, uh, I, I remember asking a guy a question that in retrospect is probably pretty rude. Um, <laughs> uh -huh. um, I you said, saw it demoed somewhere? I, yeah, I was at Magic Live, I think, and he was demoing it. And I was asking, not even, I wasn't trying to like, I was just trying to talk to him about the thing. I wasn't trying to like get the secret. But I was wondering if, um, so yeah, so you have these four, like a blue, green, red, and yellow switches, and there's a blue, green, yellow, and red bulb, and no matter, you can keep unscrewing the bulbs and moving them to different sockets, um, and then the blue switch will always turn on the blue light bulbs, I mm -hmm. recall, right? And so it's just a fun little, like, 
curiosity. And it looks really cool, and it's vibrant, and it's colorful, and it's interesting. And uh, I remember kind of asking, like, if the if the method was such that, like, uh, like an electrician would be like, oh, that I know exactly, you know, that's not magic at all, like, you know, or, or if it's if it's kind of using an electr, uh, uh, like, uh, uh, what well, what's the word I'm thinking of, like a um, a concept that an electrician would be aware of, uh-huh. uh, or if it's kind of a different magic method that is not related to that necessarily, you know, uh-huh. and um, and uh, and he kind of gave me the uh, he kind of gave me the no, no, no. It, it, it's not an electrical. Like he kind of gave me the way that it's like he wouldn't. He didn't want to admit. It seems like it has to be an electrical thing. Uh, <laughs> I would guess because what else could it be? Right. Um, so my, I have no idea how that. Since works. I have no idea how it works, I'll just uh, postulate that it's um, that when you screw the light bulbs in, uh, there's like a electrical contact. The like imagine the base. In the base, there's four contacts like north south east west mm-hmm. and when you screw the bulbs in they always land the blue one will always and land so like its contact north. is facing north right. so there's all four north contacts are electrified got it and it'll hit that's my guess yeah that would make um, sense. i don't know so and finally i'll just say here's the last thing they said the committee encourages you to work on improving your routines and come back for another audition exclamation point this is one million times more encouraging than the last one oh, good. was uh the last one was kind of like please go away uh, <laughs> and this one was like much more pleasant. So I'm glad. I mean, when you texted me, it didn't if you know, it felt like there was still some spring in your step. Oh, and also when I got the call from uh, the audition, the, no, sorry, the membership committee, mm-hmm. which is separate from the audition committee. Okay, uh, they told me that I was the committee said that I was very close. Mm. So, um, and she, it was interesting. She said to just do the same four tricks again. Oh, really? Um, which I may or may not no, do, um, because they liked the, they said good things about a couple of the routines and, but the last one that I did the Jeff Williams devastation, they mm. literally didn't say anything about. Mm. So it's kind of just like, I, I actually sent them an email cause they sent me like, if I have any questions for next time, um, I sent them an email say, basically saying like, should I replace that one? Because I don't, if it's, if it's, if it's four minutes of just kind of like, this has no impact on the audition whatsoever, mm-hmm. then I want to switch it for something sure. else. Um, like if it's four minutes of like the only impact it could have is if I fuck it up. But if it's kind of self working to the point that they're just like, this doesn't matter, then I would rather just do something else. In there. Right. So, um, so that's basically what happened. And, uh, as previously mentioned, how I'm eventually going to have to become a card shark. I've been practicing a second deal <laughs> since hey, this wow. fucking audition. Wow. Just like I watched an audit, I watched a video. I watched the Jason England second deal. Okay, strike second deal. Mm-hmm. Do you do a, a second deal? Um, not really. <laughs> I will say that it doesn't seem super useful. Like it doesn't seem like there's that many tricks that right. it applies to. Um, but it just turns into second deal demonstrations. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in fact, almost everything I've seen, where I've been looking for, like, okay, what kind of effects right. does this get used for? I'd say fifty percent of them are a person at some point flipping the top card over right. and doing more second deals. And then let me tell you about old one-eyed Pete. He yeah. was the best card cheat around. Um, but I will say that. So I also looked a little bit at some other things to learn, um, uh, and uh, this one seemed the most graspable. But in the Jason England video, he's like. Uh, I think if you worked really hard and had some good coaching that you could probably get a workable second deal in one year. And I was like, well, yeah. Um, tough move. Um, yeah. that's the one where he tells you to like, uh, 
what is it? Did you like move the card down a couple inches to practice? He says, don't worry about how, how big the brief is, uh, mm. the, like the gap. Mm. Um, also, a lot of direct contradictions between his video and Daniel Madison's second deal video. Interesting. Daniel Madison actually argues that the brief shouldn't be small at all. Uh, and this, I'll just show you. His argument is that when you're dealing regularly, that you don't deal like this. Like when you deal a regular top card, uh-huh. the, that you'd move the top card. Yes. And and so, and, and what you just did there was you did not move your left thumb to push the card into your hand as you dealt it. Just you a regular kind of gra- deal. You just sort of grabbed it, yeah. Yeah. And you're saying a regular deal would involve you pushing that card off about a quarter of an inch. Basically, his point was whatever you're doing when you're doing a normal one, you should right. do the same time when you sure. do that. So I tend to agree with that. Yeah. Um. So that's it, basically. Cool. Uh, how was week. how was your uh, magical eight days? Um, I had a pretty busy week. I was yeah. a busy little bee. Yeah. Um, you hosted Magic Bar. I hosted Magic Bar on Monday and Tuesday. It's always a blast. Mm-hmm. Always a lot of fun. Um, went very uh, it was, it went pretty well. It was a lot of fun. Um, and then it was there with Kayla Dresher on Monday and Robert Miros on Tuesday, which is as you know a fine lineup of people. Um, you can get uh, Ben will tend to anytime I'm hosting Magic Bar for him, he'll tend to put me with people that have done it a lot, and he like has a, a lot of confidence in. That way, there's so few variables. Mm-hmm. Um, like uh, uh, I think Matt Marcy just did it or is about to do it. And I don't know if he's done it before. And so Ben would never like if he needed me, he would probably not. He would he would probably if, if he knew he was going to need me a couple months in advance, he would put he wouldn't want to put someone there that hadn't been there before he likes to sort of control that as much as possible so let's right. take someone like robert kayla who've both been there since the very beginning both totally understand like the format and how it works and the space and the environment and all that kind of stuff right. and people i'm comfortable with um that way you know there's very few variables on like i don't know any kind of factor yeah, yeah. to make that strange so that was always a, a lot of fun um and then uh yeah it was a really good time uh difficult and tiring but a lot of fun mm-hmm. um and then on uh and then on friday i had a private event which was great um, just like I get to do, uh, you rarely get to do, go to parties and do little shows. Mm-hmm. You always have to do walk around. And so I got to do like basically a 40 minute close up show, cool. um, which was awesome. And it was at, the, at this uh, place on their patio in Foothill Ranch near Irvine. Oh. Uh, pain in the ass getting there, but it was a lot of fun. Um, and what was the setup like? They had a table for you or? Um, they had a table for me. I brought a tablecloth and everything. Um, they had a couple tables. Uh, I had one at home and I just said, if you have one, then that would just be a little bit easier. And they had like these two different um, heights of tables. I, I took this little fold up table through my, uh, my tablecloth over it. And they had like basically sort of like kind of like an S shaped table. Really, really, really big, um, going across this patio yard that was seated about twenty six or twenty seven people, and they had like a catered dinner. Um, they had like a wood fired pizza Ooh. caterer. Um, and so then they, they brought like a wood fired pizza oven. Uh, yeah. Oh, that cool. Like a, so they like they set up in the the um, the driveway, and they were like cooking up pizza. I've ca- I've catered a, a party like that. Uh, I use this uh, company called Little uh, Caesars. Oh, and right. uh, they Chic. had they had pizzas ready. Mm-hmm. Like when I walked in, so that right. was convenient. That's great. Yeah. Wow. I mean, okay. This is the high end. I don't know if you'd know this place. Sure. So it's high end. Okay. It's like in Beverly Hills. I, I don't go out there that yeah. much. So it's, it's... <laughs> Little Caesars exclusively in Beverly Hills. <laughs> yes. I'll get their card or something. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, so that was a lot of fun. So um, then everyone kind of stayed in this like S-shaped setup, um, and it was uh, great. It was a lot of fun. Everyone was really cool, and you don't get to do a lot of stuff like that that's fun, and, uh, like private events that's fun and cool, and everyone's nice. And uh-huh. You get to not have to do walk around. And, right. So you uh, just walk did, around just the worst fucking thing in the world. You put it's out a worst. Bluetooth speaker and you just did Sands of the Desert. Yeah. For 40 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> now, I'm, like, now, this is the first draft of it. And yeah. this was the second draft of right. it. The whole show is just my journey. Then you had Sands them the like do monologues over it. 
Right. Like, what's and your... then <laughs> And then just as in real time, it ended with me going... And the culmination is, I don't think this is a good trick. <laughs> good night, everyone. <laughs> and then you stabbed yourself in the hand with a spike. Yeah. <laughs> um, regrettably, because of my illness, uh, I missed probably one of the best weeks of the castle mm. to go. Sure. Because Taylor Hughes was Oh, there. I'll be going tonight, actually. Oh, I have a, um, a going away. Actually, I saw when you said we're recording this before a certain time. Well, he's probably not going to be able to come. But yeah, I am, I am going to go tonight. Yeah. Um, uh, because Taylor's there, but also... Woody Aragon. Woody Aragon. Yeah. Um, and uh, Peter Serretta messaged me to say you have to get to the castle this week to see him, and I will not be able to. Yeah. Sorry about that. Uh, because, let's see, Woody's 7, 745, 8, 30, 9, 15. Yeah. Like, theoretically, I could, like... See, here's the thing. It's like I My thing is at 7. Mm-hmm. I could maybe get to the castle by for a 9, 15 show, but I feel like with him... For right. a nine fifteen show, people are going to line up at eight fifteen, right. probably. Yeah. Well. Well. Okay. So technically speaking, technically speaking, and people cheat this all the time, but there's not really supposed to be a line until the previous line has been sent into the room. Okay. So that would be at like eight twenty five or eight thirty. So technically, there couldn't even te- really be a line until there's just about people that time. sort of hanging around. There's a lot of people hanging around. There's a, there's an unofficial line before the line that is in no way if it's it's a weird it's it's a it's, it's difficult situation sometimes. Well, also the other question is, do you think that in to lay people in um, at the castle is Woody Aragon like a big draw? I mean, the thing is, in the close up gallery, you can sell out. I mean, you can fill up anyway. Right. But but is he a person that people are like? Oh, you've got to go see this person, or is it just like, oh, look, it's these three people? Um, I'm gonna say that a lot of lay people probably don't really know who he is yeah. and why he would be a draw. I, that being said, I also think that on a Sunday night these days it's very, very busy, and so I think that oh, because we're getting into holiday, yeah. So basically, the next couple months it's going to be very busy, as right? Well. Yes. Um, um, and then uh, so yeah, that was at the party. Yeah, the castle will be good. I'm excited to see Taylor Hughes tonight. Fun fact about Taylor Hughes: I I, was, uh, I, I meant to bring this up last time we recorded. Uh-huh. Uh, I've come to the conclusion, and I'm willing to put this out there publicly. Because Taylor Hughes, I, I was thinking about like who, what his deal is, right? Taylor, his deal. Yeah, because he's such a fuckface. He's such a well. That's just the thing. He's <laughs> so nice, and he's so friendly, and he's so cool, and he's so warm, and he's so like giving, and he's so everything, and he's really talented. He's like he's really cool, really talented, really great guy. So and I figured that a good looking. Yeah, oh, he's a handsome guy. I'm gonna just put it out there. Taylor Hughes is a serial killer. That's the only way. Um, yeah, well, because sociopaths, some of them do have a lot of charm. You're right, Ted Bundy. Um, uh-huh. Taylor Hughes is the next Ted Bundy. Yeah, uh, I'm just putting it out there. Taylor Hughes is a serial killer. No, so if, if you're interested, if you want to get on, the, if you want to get in the comments about this, I'm um, just uh, uh, hashtag Taylor Hughes is a serial killer. Yeah, and uh, and we can get to the bottom of this. I wouldn't say that Taylor Hughes is the next Ted Bundy. I'd say he's the first Taylor Hughes. <laughs> in that he's the worst killer of all time. Right, that um, sounds yeah. Um, so Taylor, uh, feel free to respond on your podcast, um, <laughs> or come back on, and uh, you know, yeah, his well, podcast. Gonna... Who recently hosted a previous guest of our podcast? Right, Get, just come up with your own idea. Yeah, okay. Interviewing people about the industry is our thing. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, who was the uh, lecturer this week? Um, I have no idea. Oh, it wasn't Woody Aragon. I have absolutely no idea. It might have I been feel him. like if it was him, you would have been there. I feel like I should know this. I'm going to look it up right now as we talk. Um, follow up. I didn't mention, but for my audition, I can re-audition in two months. Cool. Um, so unfortunately, there is not an audition in December. Oh, uh, I was so, going to ask about that. Yeah. So I will probably audition in January, mm-hmm. which I kind of hope. 
I'm a little torn. There's two auditions in January. One is before Magi Fest and one is after. Mm. So do I audition before with the hope that I get in? Right. And then and if you I have don't... previously stated that your relationship to this audition is going to affect your Magi Fest experience. I think I, I, think I will um, be depressed if I... If if one week later I'm in Columbus, Ohio, right. immersed in my the other thing is, what if I take the second January date, actually use Magi Fest to like go run my set like fifty times in front of magicians mm-hmm. at these fabled jam sessions? <laughs> the f- Be like, hey dudes, let me show you something. Let me sit down and uh, let's jam on this, right? Um, and have like sixty people tell me completely different opinions about what I should mm-hmm. do. <laughs> um, but yeah, like use it for practice time. Then I can. I can have that weekend, have a weekend be filled with hope. Right. Instead of reality. And then audition when I get home. Right. And then actually maybe get some, uh, as they say, flight time in. Yeah. Um, that might be the smarter thing to do. Yeah. Just to enjoy myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a magic convention this next week that I'm going to. Right. Penguin Max, uh, MaxCon, Max. Penguin Max West. Penguin Max West. Got it. Uh, I have. It's this uh, week, Friday and Saturday, right? Uh huh. It's in I, Burbank. Um, Culver City, I want to say. City. Okay. I messaged uh, people that I've connected to through this podcast. Cool. Eric Tate and Nick Locapo. Mm-hmm. Eric is doing a card handling workshop, Great. and I don't know if he's what Nick Locapo is doing. But uh, oh, I think he's doing like a levitation workshop. Is that isn't that him? He's oh, doing, maybe. Um, I, I know there's like a levitation workshop all about like invisible thread, God, and that would sorry, be amazing if you were that. if you were um, like Superman. And you just ran one of those. Right. Like, here's a... All right, so the way the sun works, it's complicated, but uh, bear with me. You, you need to you need to be in front of the sun pretty regularly. Right. Um, How's your, all, your vitamin D intake? What's that like? Yeah. Uh, anybody got green rocks here? Because that's not cool. <laughs> yeah, that's not... You should, There's a sign outside. Don't be a dick. Yeah. What is the Aquaman rule? He has to be in the water every day? Or every I don't know what the Aquaman rule is. I think the Aquaman rule is... He never gets to kiss girls. Boom! Fucking got him. <laughs> <Is that his laughs> no, I don't know. Uh, he's just a nerd. Um, you well, know, wh- who was the lecturer, by the way? Uh, it is Woody Aragon. Oh, well. I don't know if I'm going to make it, because uh, I'm not dressed. Um, but uh, I luckily, I not that this is a brag, I did see him lecture fairly recently. I saw him, he was at FISM last year, and he did a pretty big lecture. And it was actually the only lecture, one of the only lectures I went to. Um, because usually I was just watching the competition, and those mm-hmm. overlapped. And so... I've seen him lecture fairly recently, and so I'm sure. Well, I'm sure this will be pretty different. I don't feel like I missed out. Um, I so I remember this from when I was a kid. There was a time when Aquaman had to be in water every hour. Oh my god! Or he would die. Oh my god! Uh, which is a very unworkable. What, what kind of rule? Very unwet. Unwork. Like that's a crazy rule. Well, most most like, what, intergalactic conflicts would last longer than. But what do you at some point? What do you mean when you say like in water? You know what I mean? Yeah. Can you split? Can you? Can I bring a portable shower with me? Yeah, that's the other thing. If we're having dinner, I'm like, give me two minutes. And, I need to go and take does a it, bath. is a pool okay, or is like ocean water exactly? My guess is that ocean water is what would right. Chlorine need. feels like it would not be the yeah. And I also feel like this is something that people didn't really think through that much, right? Uh, but at one point, Batman built him a water suit that had. Like he was just in water all the time, mm. so then it was just like, why not just bring a spray bottle? Right. Uh, yeah, it turned out in the this is back in the Silver Age of comics. Like uh, this is a minor spoiler, but not a big deal. In the boys, when one character is trying to rescue a dolphin, uh, 
and that he's driving with this dolphin in the car and he keeps just spraying it with a spray well. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, here's an old Silver Age one. He says, I'm handicapped out of water. I can't breathe air. Yes, everyone knows that if you're out of water for an hour, you gasp for water like a dying fish. And then he puts on a helmet with water in it and he's fine. <laughs> so. Oh, Aquaman. I feel like they kind of shed this rule for later. I, that, I, that seems, I, don't, that I haven't seems seen like that latest reasonable. movie, but I feel it, like... I tried to watch it, and I, I'm sorry, I could not do it. I, I got um, about 20 minutes in uh-huh. on a plane, and I went, this is the only time I'll ever commit the time to this watch is, this. But also the yeah, only chance you have of like even being remotely able to watch it. Right. Uh, I had like, <clears throat> there was like about two and a half hours left on my flight. This was about two hours and 10 minutes. I was like, all right, we're doing this. And about 20 minutes in, I was like, fuck this. This is <laughs> the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my life. I, I had written down like three quotes from that movie to make fun of. It was on my way back from Scotland. Uh-huh. I was visiting family. I'm like, you seen Aquaman? They're like, yeah. I'm like, okay, you remember these lines? And Do you happen to remember what they were? I remember one of them. One of them was... Um, one of them was the, the the end of the first scene. It's a flashback to why Nicole Kidman and Dermot Mulroney can't be together for some reason. Wasn't that Dermot Mulroney? It might not have been. I think it was someone else actually playing his father. It looks like Dermot Mulroney. Um, but he was just in Righteous Gemstone, so he's fresh on my mind, which is a very good show. Mm-hmm. Um, at least I really like it. Uh, anyway, so um, so they're, they're saying goodbye because the evil fish people know that she's there. I don't know. Evil uh, fish people? Um, there's... There's like good and bad. There's people. good and bad, bad Atlanteans, and oh. she was a good one, and of course they, her brother's a bad one. Are the evil fish people Muslim? <laughs> um, I mean, I think that's the allegory. I'm just saying it would fit Hollywood standards of like who's bad, right? Um, yeah, uh, <laughs> like Atlantean Muslims, right? <laughs> Radical Atlanteans. Yeah. Um, so, yes, yeah, so then they're saying goodbye for a second, and she hasn't been on dry land for very long, so she's crying. She doesn't know what the tears are. And she goes like in a she wait because they they're always in water so the so, tears presumably dissipate right okay. so she's shocked to experience tears for the first time uh-huh. and then she's crying and she goes like what are what are these and he and her husband goes those are tears like that um and she goes in Atlantis these disappear and he goes on land we wear them <laughs> what it was something like that and it was the most ridiculous thing I'm like what the fuck although what if you were underwater and you got sad and like air bubbles started coming out of your eyes right oh that'd be be funny you'd be like this is fucking gross (laughs) Uh, and then like okay so then there's a scene in the first couple minutes where there's I don't know just nondescript bad guys that are attacking a submarine and Aquaman stops them Uh right and then one of them makes it out alive and he delivers the mission to the bad guy, but Aquaman killed his father in the process because they're a father-son submarine hijacking team, I oh, guess. Oh, that makes sense. You know, like you do. Uh, and they have a tender moment where the dad's like, you go! Uh, and then he's like, dad, no, I won't leave you. And I'm already like, what the fuck is going is on? Is this like birthing a villain? Um, like I think he's enemy kind of thing. Yes, there is a, a a higher villain above him, but I think that he is like now a more determined henchman. Yeah, uh, with a personal vendetta, I'm assuming. Didn't get it much further than this though. Oh, I see. Uh, into the film, but then he shows. So you you just think he's some random guy, but then you realize he is working with the main bad guy, who's Nicole Kidman's brother, who's trying to take over all of Atlantis oh, wait, for the, some reason. The dad dies. Yes. Oh, so this is Bruce Wayne. Uh, this kid is Bruce Wayne. This guy is Bruce Wayne. Wow. So he just created an evil Batman. <laughs> they just retconned the Batman. Um, they, were, they weren't seeing an opera. They were. So this so this evil henchman 
Now you see him have a meeting with the main bad guy of the movie, and you're like, uh oh, he's gonna be connected to this. And then he, you know, he's all pissed off. He's like, I want to get this guy, blah blah. He's like, and then the bad guy's like, your part in this is done. Here's your money, and he drops a sack of gold coins in front of him. And I'm like, what the fuck are you paying this guy in Atlantean currency for? Uh, he's a human. Uh-huh. What's he gonna do with that? Right, right. Well, he's going to the bank. <laughs> What's the conversion rate on Atlantean like, doubloons okay, uh, to U.S. dollars? Hear me out. And that was there's, about the time where I said, "Fuck this movie." Hear me out. There's a there's a civilization you've never heard of. Okay. That has uh, its own currency. Right. And um, how's that gonna? What's that gonna do for me at my next Pinkberry trip? Yeah. Okay. Um. If you, Next time I got a honey boba, I don't think they're going to be like, oh, Atlantean doubloons. Have you ever seen... Dollars um, and cents, my man. Have you seen I, Claudius? No. Uh, I would say... I haven't watched it in a while, but I would say top three best TV shows of all time. Okay. Wow. Um, and there's a point in it when Caligula, uh, the emperor, decides he wants to like... He, he comes back from a, a battle, uh, like a tour, like fighting battles, and they're like he's gone crazy and he comes back he's like i fucking won this amazing battle and they're like who were you fighting like what was what was going on he's like well i took on poseidon and i went to the ocean and i drove my spears into his uh into all his water and i took all of his riches and so now poseidon's fucking sad because i beat him and they're like they're all just looking around going like what's going on with this guy and he's like you don't believe me look at all the booty i brought back and he brings his chest out and he opens it up and it's just all these shells <laughs> and he just starts laughing like oh that poseidon he's a sad one now i've got all his gold and he's just like holding on these seashells That's and they're hilarious. all just they basically are like uh we have to kill this guy you know right. that sounds right um Aquaman, pretty decent hit. There's going to be a sequel. Yeah. So I the um so I couldn't get through it. So then I just turned on something safe for the rest of the flight. I watched Harry Potter and um uh the Grin- Grindelwald or something. Half Blood Prince. Half Blood ah. Prince. Um, the uh, DC movies are more. It's not clear what uh they have so many different versions and universes, right? Because uh, this new one that's the Batman. Yes, with Robert Pattinson. Is that going to connect to Aquaman? I've no, I I don't think so. No, in fact, because I know there's going to be a Catwoman in that movie, um, and that is going to be played by uh, Zoe Kravitz, um, okay. who is related. Who I guess is uh, I guess um, Jason Momoa is her godfather, uh, and so he's like, oh my god, we're both in the DC universe. But I guess they, uh, but then in some whatever press release I saw, it said they will never meet. Those the the, the Robert Pattinson Batman will never meet the um, Aquaman, oh. or okay, the but- Catwoman won't. And then there's also Joker. Right, and I know that the Joker and it's Robert Pattinson will not ever, those will not cross over. And Suicide Squad? Like Jared Leto, oh, boy, Joker? I, yeah, now I don't know. I, it's just weird that they all exist. Because Harley Quinn, because they're, no, they're doing a new Suicide Squad. James Gunn is doing a, directing a Suicide Squad. And who's, that's why who's, uh, and uh, is it all new cast? No, it's almost the exact same cast without Will Smith and Jared Leto. Um, and I don't believe those characters will be in the movie, but Margot Robbie and like all the other characters. So weird. Um, so I don't know. What it's that just is. weird that all these things are happening at once. So it's weird that there's like, there's yeah. I'm beginning to think that the DC universe that they don't know what they're doing. They uh, have some fraught with problems. They're sort of throwing everything at the wall because they've also got because I remember seeing I remember to- seeing Batman v, v, v Superman Dawn of Justice going. They've got this all figured out. There are no problems here. Yeah, they understand exactly what their the vision is for this. Uh, and then there's the, catch up uh, Marvel in no time. the TV universe as well. Right. So. Which I think is unrelated. I thought that did connect DC, with... Oh, I might. I don't. 
Like gotcha. you mean like the DC shows, Green like, Arrow and Flash? Well, because yeah, there's stuff. a Flash in the movies and a Flash TV show. Oh, that's right. And they're uh, not the same. Are different. Yeah. Although there are lots of flashes because once you tap into the Speed Force or whatever, <laughs> whatever you know, there's this like universal Speed Force that they all tap into. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know anything about any of that. Well, it's good that we None spent that a long nerd time. Shit. We spent a long time talking about a topic that has nothing to do with either of the right. focus. So yeah, I turned off Aquaman, yeah, and then I turned on Harry Potter and Half Blood Prince. But then, because I watched for twenty minutes of Aquaman, I couldn't finish Half Blood Prince. Ah. So like Dumbledore's on this tower, and he'll be fine. I'm sure he's a fighter. Uh, here's a question for okay. you. Yeah. If I was to pick a next move to learn in card handling, what what do you think is a useful one? Hmm. It's a good one. And I, the, my, question. the corollary question is, what do you do for your double lift? I do a pinky pull down and then a bit of a pushover. You do a pinky pull down to get ready. Yeah. Do you have a card? Uh, sure. Ooh. Oh, that's a game. I can't the, use these Chinese ones. Use these Chinese. Um, so I'm, I, I'll, I'll bevel the card a little bit, pinky uh-huh. pull down, and then I'll push and turn. That's good. And then if I want to display that, I'll do whatever this uh, Spanish turnover thing is I, called. You know what? It's funny. In one of the versions of the reswindle that I was doing, he did that. And I find that really hard. It is tough. And uh, yeah. You describe it, what you're doing. Okay. So it's it's this turnover where uh, it's just a natural way of holding the card. Um, you all know it. Um, I, don't know how to, <laughs> I don't know what to call it. You hold the, the card. Actually, explaining these is much better for just like, we're doing this one thing. You guys know it. You got it. You know. And... and Let's be clear, it's probably all guys listening to this podcast. Um, no, uh, Aaron listens. Aaron. Um, someone, a, a friend of mine who um, uh, messaged me the other day, not a magician, was like, hey, listen to your podcast. She just followed me on Instagram. She's like, hey, listen to your podcast. Uh, so shout out to Julia. Let's I'm get more diversity in the listening audience. If you're a guy and if you're white and straight, Go turn, fuck turn it off. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's one way to increase the ratio of diversity is just drive away right. straight white audience right, right. and then you're like hey our our percentage is 50 percent uh women and that 50 percent is aaron, aaron and one other person listened to our podcast um so uh the, you, you described so, this yeah, as a so, spanish thing um I, I was told me that it's spanish so my middle finger is on the one end of the card my thumb is touching the other edge of the card my ring finger is basically on the the top right corner of the card kind of going um, under it a little bit and my index finger is sitting on top of the center of the card and then what I'm doing is you're uh, doing that thing where you're basically bringing your thumb down that card to your middle finger turning it over as you do that yeah pretty much you I, but I always but I always do this where <laughs> you just have to, I think you should do it a little slower and oh. you just kind of like you just gotta yeah gentler yeah, so you, hmm. and then so that's just a move um that's a good way of, of doing that, I think. Sometimes it looks a little weird when people do it, but I think generally that is a pretty free way of, of handling um, <clears throat> a double. So that's uh, that's a move. That'd be pretty good. Yeah, I think just like mastering a double lift or maybe um, uh, uh, like a top or, a good top or bottom control, um, learning one of those. Like a pass? Or, um, or like even just like a double undercut or something like that or just kind of, you uh, know. You know what? Dude, show me the double undercut. Um, right. You have a break with your thumb. Card goes in the middle. I usually do pinky. Okay. And then what you do is you turn that into a thumb break as you pick the cards right. up. Uh-huh. You turn it into a thumb break, and then you're, you, uh, the way you do it is you would cut one pack from the bottom to the top, half of that under yes. the break, and then you take the rest and put it on top. So, yeah, so this is relatively simple, yeah. uh, but I find the cutting part so unnatural because I, would, I have never cut cards like that where I right. take part of it and then put it back like this. And that's probably very fair. That's probably something I would, yeah. 
like almost every other time you're doing like this, right? I mean, I feel like almost everybody cuts the other way. Top the top packet goes into the other hand or something. Like that just seems way more yeah, like normal. That's, that's so, um, but yeah, that's certainly useful. But even just yeah, fi- like figuring out the way is that how you're gonna get cards to where you need them to be. Yeah. Uh, and there's the Tom Tomarez uh, perpendicular. Uh, Control, I think I can't remember that. It's like it's got a little acronym name to it. Um, but there's a uh, that's in um, Sonata. This really really good control um, that looks like you're putting the card into the deck, um, and then you can get it. I mean, then it's very very clean, and then you can kind of get the card where mm. you want it to go, and it's uh, great. The bottom one, I uh, it was no. his birthday the other day. So. Oh, happy birthday, Juan! Happy birthday, Juan! Um, we'll all play an invisible violin for you. The one I from this old John Carney article where he was like, if you show it like this, and they get the card, and then as you come back, you put mm-hmm. it like that. Yeah, um, that one seems pretty easy. Right. Uh, what I did was as I put it back, I used my pinky to like just yeah. He's holding separate. a pile and he's showing the bottom card on the pile, and then as he puts that hand back to the deck, he's like levering the card out with his pinky, right? Yeah. And there's also controls where you, if you do overhand shuffles, you can move stuff from right. top to bottom and stuff. So good control would be would be good, I suppose. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, oh, so you do. I have a hard time with pinky counts. I think pinky counts are really difficult. They are tough. They're they're just one of the things you practice. Like and then, it hurts. Yeah. So that's why I always I have a pretty heavy bevel. My cards are like that when I do. It. I've I've heard that from a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even get that joke. But. <laughs> no, sometimes you just say something in a tone of voice, and it seems like I meant something. All right. Uh, yeah. Oh, have you seen this one where you do a thumb count and then you do like this? Mm, no, I think this is a Larry Jennings is what it's called or something. You have a you have two here or you have three there. Let's say I have two. I've ca- thumb counted two cards. There's this little gap here. Then I put the index finger here and then I kind of go like that. Oh boy, you, you like pop the card out. Yeah. That was strange. It has a pop to it. Mm-hmm. And then there's the other one I was reading about was uh, Derek Dingle. One where you go like this, and then you go like that, mm-hmm. which doesn't, I don't know, looks... Uh, Derek Dingle, who has a lot of routines that like um, have a bunch of different endings, like a bunch of these kickers to them. Uh-huh. And uh, according to Michael Amar, there's this Die Vernon quote, where Die Vernon once said, if I had as many climaxes as a Derek Dingle routine, I'd be a heavy guy. <laughs> Is uh, that a good thing or bad? Um, I don't know. It's just fun. It's, I it's feel funny. like a lot of times when you read these old guys' quotes, like half of them are throwing shade at each other. Oh, absolutely. Um, <laughs> it's good to know that they are in all of their success that they didn't get bitter at each other. Right. <laughs> uh, so what else? Oh, something I want to talk about last night was Dirty Tricks at the Three Clubs, hosted by the New Bad Boys of Magic. I got to do that. This is a monthly show. Uh, it is. Uh, yeah, but it's generally a monthly show. I know that this was the last one of the year. Oh. Um, I don't know what their schedule will be like coming back. Um but I know permitting, it's, it tends to be a monthly show. And it tends to be like a, it's a magic variety show. Um, and I did that last night. How like, much time did you do with this? But about 10 minutes. Okay. Um, it was funny. is you know, I was, so I was very happy with how it went. Um, and I basically just did like the first three and a half minutes. Um, I basically just did stand-up. And it was really fun. Oh. Um, I'll send you the clip. Cause they, and it's a really cool gig because they always get a photographer and a videographer to... Um, so you always get to come away with some good shots and cool. some, uh, some good stuff. I got to do it with Robert Ramirez, just a lot of fun. He was great. Uh, I hate following him because he's so good, uh, and I had to follow him, and which sucked because he was so good. Hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I I, uh, I got to try out a new trick. I got to try out a new routine. Oh, tournament restored silk that I've been wanting to do for a while, and I had not come up with a. The thing is, is like I couldn't just justify doing a tournament restored silk of just me going and here we go. 
And ta-da, I did it. Right. And so I had to come up with some... That's a pretty strong script, I will say. Uh, thank you. I, I actually am pretty... Um, don't take that. Don't steal that. That's fine. <laughs> T.M. Ricardo. Um, that is in Scripting Magic 2, yeah, I think. that's in the second, Just, second the, volume. The script is like, here we go. And, and there it is. eat my asshole. <laughs> <laughs> um, I never checked in with Robert, by the way, if he actually did the uh, smash and step. No, it never came together. Now, did he and I spend an hour together buying that dildo? You bet your ass we did. And uh, I bet it was more expensive than you wanted it to be. Uh, well, that was certainly part of the concern. We, we spent. Oh, about- we should talk about what happened after we had that lunch. We had a lunch and then we hung out at the Magic Apple. Yeah. And then, because you said you wanted to talk about this. So the concept is... I suggested at one point doing smash and stab where you sit on dildos in under paper bags. Yes. Um, and uh, I was like, that'd be fun for me to do at one point. And then Robert said, can I do this at his uh, pack show? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I said, fine. Uh, you know, just like a typical magic collaboration, I was like, you know what? Take the idea and run with it. Right. And then uh, then he sold it on Penguin. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that'd be great. He sold it on Illusionist. Um, so... Uh, then we had a lunch to discuss it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Then we hung out at the Magic Apple store. Then as I was leaving, another customer came in. Oh, <laughs> that's right. That was hilarious. Oh, my God. So why don't that you was, describe what yes, happened? Okay, so so we're talking about the smash and stab routine, whereby uh, a dildo would be hidden under four paper bags, and um, the performer would aggressively jump on and pull, top. Pull their pants down. Pull their pants down and jump sitting on those th- three bags. Um, and then in the end, they don't sit on the dildo. And then we had a lunch talking about all the many, uh, later on, Robert, and I met up about this with um, uh, Simon Cornell a few days later, talking about all the many ways this could go. Maybe you only sit on one bag, revealing the other three all have dildos under them. Maybe, you know, oh, there's so many ways. And it was really actually a challenge balancing the comedy of this kind of silly routine with actually trying to still make it a good trick. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was saying that, like, uh, you could do, like, that pen and Teller blast-off thing where you do it once, you know, I'm going to tell you how it's done. And then what you do is you, like, open a curtain under the chair and you see that there's holes under every chair and there's a guy running like from chair to chair just sticking the dildo uh-huh. in different spots uh, like all these different kinds of things um, and then he yeah, has like maybe you're, you just kind of do the trick and reveal the dildo at the end uh, but then like but then you get all all the comedy you get of doing this routine with the dildo is lost until the very end you kind of cut that in half and so we're sorting all this out so we're, a lot of talk about dildos uh, we were definitely this particular day in a coffee shop we were definitely blogged about by the lady at the other end of the table mm. um, who was not interested in hearing about this but uh <laughs> What happened? Oh, so then um, we're in this magic apple a few days earlier, and you, me, and Robert were talking about it. And then we just started talking about other things, started just shooting the shit. Then, so you then to, I had to go. Yeah. You had to leave. You had to go tape something. I had to go film something. And then uh, as you're leaving, a mother walks in with like a five, well, six. To my, I would say, to my perspective, just a lady walked in. Right. Because she, she came into the door that was to my back. Yes. So so you're, he's sitting in the center of this room with the magic apple. If you're familiar with it. Um, and then there's a door by the cash register. And there's a door over, um, like, by the wall, uh, by the back wall. The far wall, yeah. The far wall. Um, and my back was to that door. Yes, his back was to that door. <clears throat> so as he gets out, this woman walks in. with like a six, seven-year-old kid. Uh, I can't remember if it was a boy or a girl. I think it was a boy. Mm-hmm. It was a boy. Um, and uh, and then as, uh, I'm like, all right, we'll see you later. Say goodbye. And then she, they just kind of get situated. They kind of, like, walk into the store. Yeah. Um, as uh, Chris walks over to Robert, pats on the shoulder, goes, good luck with the dildo. <laughs> Pretty loud. So loud. And I lose it. I, it's the funniest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> and I'm just like, it's hilarious and mortifying and all these things. And then Chris just turns to someone and goes, oh, s- sorry, out of context. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I mean, I in go, context. Uh, and I'm, I'm just, just shocked silent. It was hilarious. I felt mostly bad for Brent because I was kind of like, 
you know, he has a customer to deal with. Right. Um, I would see like it was cool. Yeah. Also, the kid was completely oblivious. It wasn't like a kid, like the kid didn't even notice we were talking. Yes. Uh, so it was fine, but it was. So if hilarious. anything, he was just scarred like unconsciously. Right. And he'll have like, when he's 38 years old, he'll be like, what? A... He'll happen to walk into Magic Apple again and have some traumatic like flashback. And then I was saying to you, I said, that's how you do it is you just subliminally enter the idea of dildos to these little kids and then that's, that's right you, that's how you turn them gay and that is the gay agenda we yeah. figured it out and it only Crack works it. it only works with 10 percent of the time yeah and it only works in magic shops so stay out of magic shops because that's where the gay agenda is definitely. yeah by the way the culture of magic uh if you took out all the gay people in magic you'd be set back quite a bit i think yeah, there's some prominent gay magicians. Yeah, and there's a few not prominent ones. Um, there's uh, especially it's interesting is is the, uh, the 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 two most famous magicians that are gay that I can think of uh-huh. don't really t- talk about it that much. It's, they're not like yes, Darren Brown is openly he's openly gay. He's right. married. Right. Doesn't talk about it too much, but he also just doesn't talk about himself For much sure. at all. Sure. Um, and then uh, Malika. Tom Mullica? Uh-huh. Was he gay? Yep, he was gay. I'm not. Um, because when he died, his uh, husband like came out and said some, st- like, you know, just, I mean, like some of the tributes were from oh, from his husband, yeah. Um, I mean, the Mullica wallet, pretty influential. Yeah. And Darren Brown, I would say, uh, I told someone recently that I think that he's my favorite magician currently. You said it on your um, musical theater podcast. Yeah, how do you feel about that? Um, I think it's a very fair statement. Yeah. Um, yeah, you said that he's probably the best magician in the world, which I would say that I would tend to agree with. Just in terms of like synthesizing the skills and bringing it to the public. Sure. Um, yeah. No, he's so good, uh, and he's just so brilliant. Also, um, uh, I just saw that new Judy Garland movie. Ah, uh, how was uh, that? Good. So sad. Oh my god, that poor woman. Uh, <laughs> I feel so bad for her. Yeah. Uh, and you just get you just have so much empathy for her. Is uh, Lorna Luft a character in this? She is not. Okay. Is that one is of her daughters? One of her daughters and Liza. Uh, you know, especially Lorna is a definitely a character. She's so the whole uh, motivation for her going to London um, and doing these concerts is to make enough money to then like buy a, to live with her kids because she's kind of homeless more or less. Oh my god! Um, and uh, Sydney left basically wants custody of her kids. Jesus! Um, and so she that's what kind of she hates it, but she goes to these this do these concerts to afford to be able to live with her kids. Um, this so, came up because I am shooting on better things. Mm-hmm. Do you know this Pamela, Pamela Adlon show on FX? Uh, yeah. And so because of that, last night, Eric and I were watching clips of Grease 2 Ooh. that Pamela Adlon was in at, when she was 12. Adlon. Yeah. Wow, and Lorna Luft is in it. And so the, so somebody would sing every once in a while and be like, who's that? Her voice is great. And it was Lorna Luft hmm. every time. I mean, and she's like eight years old in this movie. Uh-huh. Um, but she's actually a pretty uh, big character. Uh, there's a lot of emotional like driving force behind what Judy Garland does. And then uh, Liza Minnelli's in like one scene. Yeah. Um, and she's doing great. <laughs> In the next, like, say, six months, I think I do want to do, like, a Vegas trip. Because for me to say, like, Darren Brown's the best magician in the world. I haven't um, seen Copperfield. I haven't seen Copperfield. I haven't seen Matt King. I haven't seen any of the Vegas people. Mm-hmm. So, it's, so it's very un- it's an uninformed right. opinion. Uh, but no, I think that's a fair statement. I mean, now, given what I've heard other magicians say about Copperfield's show, I don't necessarily think he's going to top Darren Brown in terms of... but. Basically, what I've heard is that some parts of it are amazing and some parts of it are cringeworthy. That's what um, I've heard. It's tough to say. I, I haven't seen that show in a long time. He's always changing it. Yeah. Um, but oh, and also I haven't seen Penn and Teller. Right. Oh, yeah. Got to do so, the big three. It's a shame because um, the Darren Brown show in New York, which I mentioned on our, my other podcast, is the Darren Brown show isn't doing that well. Yeah, it's a bummer. That's a, it's a bummer. Um, you, because you just sound like Kelly and Ryan doing stuff. 
But, well, because I feel like he, Darren Brown can just sell out in the UK forever. Probably. Um, oh, I'm sorry. The re- really quick, the reason I brought up the Judy Garland movie, ah. just so that wasn't a complete non sequitur, is that one of Darren Brown's most famous um, collaborators, Andy Nyman, has a big part in that film. Oh. Um, as a... Uh, um, also one of the handsome magicians club. Yeah. Um, and also a very funny actor. Yeah. Um, so it's funny, because when I was in London just before, because I knew he was an actor, um, I hadn't seen him in a lot of stuff, but I knew he was in like Kick-Ass 2, terrible movie. Um, oh, is it bad? I don't that's like it. Do you like Kick-Ass? I love Kick-Ass 1. Oh, that's a shame then. Um, I, I was so excited for the second one. I just thought, I was like, this is weird and ridiculous. Oh, and that's um, too bad. Personally, for me, was not a fan. But uh, anyway, so he's in that. Um, that I mean, that's not he was fine in the movie. Uh, anyway, so um, he's a good actor. And then when I was in London, before I went to Edinburgh, um, I'm walking up and down the streets of London, and I see a big production on the West End of Fiddler on the Roof, and Andy Nyman's playing Tevye. Oh, that's right. I don't know if that's still happening, but this was happening in July. Yeah. Um, and it was like, Andy Nyman's a revelation as Tevia. I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Uh, so good for him. And I'm still doing one of his tricks in my show. The clap and cheer trick, I guess, initially comes from him. Oh, really? It's a completely different method now, but the premise is the same. The Is the clap and cheer idea yes. from his? Yeah, oh. yeah. And the original method that I was using until uh, last December, when I switched it halfway through my week at the castle, um, was his. Oh. And uh, it's great. It's a great trick. Um, a brilliant guy. What, uh, and also, um, he put out the code. It's like a marked deck cool. thing that was pretty cool. Yeah, no, my, and that was great. And he's really good in this. Yeah. And, and Judy. Um, so, uh, yeah. I guess I'm. If, I, you should send us an email if anyone's going to go to this Penguin thing. Yeah. Hit us up on our on our Instagram, set up podcast. Uh, I think line. we talked about the lineup before. Uh, we did, yeah. Um, no, that's the something Magi Fest season. Magi Fest. I also ordered a kind of fun thing from Vanishing called, uh, it's their like, the package that they gave to people at this retreat in Costa Rica. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of this? I have, yeah. Actually, like, if they do another one, I might go to one of these things. To Costa Rica? Why not? Right. I don't know if they'll do it in Costa Rica or not. I do. I, I remember when they announced that, I did think that, like, things like that or going to the uh, Tamri's daughter's school, mm-hmm. I do feel a little bit like if this Costa Rica thing is, like, a limited, let's say there's 50 people are only allowed to go. I feel a little like, um, like I don't really want to take a spot from someone who's really good enough to like mm. really learn from those guys. That's like, nice, but I don't know if that, that should be a huge. No, but I well, I think it's it's the mirror image of me feeling like, am I going to go there and just feel like a fraud and right. just like sit around being like, oh, that's cool, I can't do that. Uh, that's I can't do that one either. <laughs> you know, like I mean, I don't, I don't know that I want to sit down with Danny Dortiz and be like. Let's talk about how what you think of the stuff that I do. Like, Let's talk about the twenty one card trick. Yeah. Um, so you know that I think would make me feel uh, kind of embarrassed to be there. But anyway, I bought the. But it doesn't stop me from buying the package that they gave to everybody mm-hmm. there. Uh, and but it uh, has uh, three tricks by Joshua J in a little. bit. It's very nicely packaged. Um, uh, Benjamin Ben Earl. Mm-hmm. Uh, Danny D'Ortiz and Paul V. Hill all have like exclusive books in this little wow. package. Uh, but the thing that's a little weird about it is, is it comes with this like Lucite plaque that says like the retreat 2018 or 2019, whatever. And it's clearly meant to be a like, put this on your wall. Cause you came to Costa Rica and mm-hmm. you were part of the retreat. And I'm like, I definitely didn't. <laughs> so this is a weird thing for me to put on a shelf. <laughs> I got fun souvenir. And then for an extra $15, they'll Photoshop you into the group picture. Yeah. Like it's like, I put this on my shelf and people are like, Oh, you went to Costa Rica? Nope. I just, uh, right. 
So I almost want to say if anyone listening to this has gone to Costa Rica and and wants to act like you went to the retreat, or maybe you went to the retreat and you didn't get one of these plaques, I'll just give it to you. I don't care. Um, That's great. (laughs) Yeah. I'll show you the packaging, though. It's very cool. I'd love to see it. Uh, what else is going on Magic? Oh, so um, last night there was an interesting quick change act at the show. At oh, yes. Dirty Tricks. Uh, I believe her name was um, Elena Brocade. Mm-hmm. I think that's right. Uh, she did a quick change act, and it was like a feminist quick change act. Ooh. And it was very interesting, and it was basically... Um, I, I don't want to like simplify it, because if I get any of these things wrong, uh, I, I'll feel shitty. But the way it looked to me was, was kind of like... Um, like uh, a story of women through the ages, mm. and so it starts off in like you know the the teens, uh, like to that like you know nineteen ten nineteen fifteen, and then she comes out. Um, she's holding like you know a suffrage sign, hey. and she's dressed in the you know time appropriate clothing. I, I don't know what fashion you would call that particular era. Um, and then you know she goes through and she would go behind this little banner, and she'd come out. And then she was a flapper, and she was this, and she was like these you know these different things uh, that had these more and more like kind of like biting things to them like she was a 50s housewife and she would do this cute little 50s housewife dance and then take out like a pill bottle and like take some pills uh-huh. and like would feel the effects of that and then uh, she w- then it was like um, what was it it was like it was the 70s and she was in you know um, this sort of like hippie looking thing she like takes acid huh? uh, and like the music changes and she's like handing out like flower crowns to people and stuff mm-hmm. um, and then it was like in the 80s uh, she's like you know like punk rock and she clearly had just done cocaine and she's like rubbing her nose and it was weird and fun and cool uh-huh. and I've never seen the quick change act quite like that it was did he go past the 80s or uh, yeah it went to um, about uh, oh yeah it went modern because it went like 2005 to, you know like sort of sync, sort of Backstreet Boys sort of a thing um, with like the overalls and, like the, the mm-hmm. cap um, and then I the ending it, I I didn't see but like the ending was like a, like a Me Too thing. Uh-huh. Um, like she changed into like this like this white uh, dress and then like pulled out like a banner that was like sort of tucked inside that said hashtag Me Too. Uh-huh. So I guess I I don't think I didn't see much of a fashion tie in uh, person. I mean I just maybe I just didn't notice what that fashion tie in was. But it, I think it was just sort of like a political like uh, uh-huh. this is what twenty nineteen. It's interesting. I, I I don't know. I just it was that's cool. Um, and also you can't like it's like this can't be a thing that's. Um, like a stock act that's been around forever, right? And so, and 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 that you know, within the quick change universe, is something that I think about <laughs> right. all the all the time. Of like, uh, like, how can I do this thing that everyone's doing, but do it a little bit differently? Yeah, uh, or try to do it differently enough to justify why it is that I'm making you watch me do it instead of the th- thousands of other people that have done it. Right. And 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 if if that is a concern somebody has about quick change acts, I would say this person answered that. It was really fun. Yeah, the show's really good. The new Bad Boys did some cool stuff that was new. Um, I would uh, like it if the quick change had gone into the future, ooh. like all the way to like Star Trek, right. and then be like, "We're all equal, except for the Cardassians." <laughs> and then she, last thing is, she's a Cardassian, right? Um, I, you know what I love is uh, Chinese mask performers. Mm, yeah, those I are love those, yeah. and I don't care if, like that, I don't care about like whether or not I know how it's done or not. Right. Like it's just, I just think it's cool. Um, were there any other magicians? Uh, yeah, it was, it was uh, Robert Ramirez, myself, uh-huh. and Felix Jones as a oh, mentalist. Cool. Um, and so, and then the new bad boys did like a, two or three tricks, kind of in between as they were hosting. Uh-huh. And they did some cool stuff. How's uh, the crowd? Good. It was really good. Um, really good crowd. Uh, yeah, I um, I, I was uh, had a lot of fun. I, I got to do a new routine. Um, yeah, I basically got to, I got to run some like new jokes and stuff, and it was a, it was a good time. Um, when you are doing this torn and silk, uh, torn and restored silk, yeah. 
What's the genesis for entering your repertoire? Did you like see it somewhere? Did yeah, you... I, so I so um I don't know why, but back long it's a kind of a long story, but back in the day, Bob Dorian had suggested a torn and restored silk to me for something. I, I was looking for a parlor routine for something. This is out of um, a, a silk book, just really clean torn and restored. You basically fold a piece of paper in thirds to make a little tube, stick a silk all the way through. You can adjust. You could, you pull on the bottom and like it moves. You know, mm-hmm. you adjust it and you can see it moving on both ends. Then when you cut it in half through the tube, through the tube, um, you hold the two halves apart from each other and then you put them back together and you pull and then it sucks and then the whole silk comes out. It's oh. great. It's kind of tough and has some problems that I was never able to solve, but it's a good routine. Then I did that on stage once and somebody, a magician, uh, her father actually, um, came to me afterwards because you know what? There's a more updated kind of version of a similar effect. Um, and he showed me where it was, and I found it, and I and I bought it. I was a marketed thing. It was weird. It was at his website. Yeah, it was at his website. And he goes, "If you just meet me in the back, I'll fucking sell it to you." Normally, it's two hundred dollars, but I'll sell it to you for two hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah. I'm like, "Wow, uh, exclusive prices." Right. And Pl- said, "Plus a BJ." Right. Uh, <laughs> no, that was that was unrelated. That was just he, was, he gave me a nice tip. I wanted to, you know. Uh, there's a joke in there. I don't know what it is. Something about tip. <laughs> you already uh, said it. he gave yeah, you a nice yeah, tip. Yeah, yeah, he gave me a great tip. Um, and so then. Uh, Anyways, I've had this routine for years. Uh, I've kind of watched it. I'm like, that's cool. And you have to build this little gimmick. It's a little bit different. Um, it's not as clean as the old version was, but it also doesn't have any of the problems that the, the Much, older version uh, was. Much more workable. Yes. Because um, I still, I, I would like to now kind of combine the two to see if I can get the cleaner uh, reveal, the cleaner restoration without the problems. But mm. we'll see. Um, and and I'll tell you some of the, about some of this off mic. I don't want to like, go too much into it until I kind of know what it is. And, yeah. you know, it's... Um, but uh, so then, yeah. So I, I had this routine, and basically all it is is it's a it's a torn restored silk, and you're doing it in newspaper, and the newspaper is also restored by the end. So you cut to so the exact same thing. You cut this tube of newspaper in half with the silk on both that sticking out of both ends. You show them, you put it back together, and you uh, unfold it and you pull. And the silk's restored, and the newspaper restored. So huh. The old version doesn't have it; doesn't restore the paper. So it's kind of cool and visual and interesting, and it's kind of a fooler. It's hard to track um, when you do it uh, well. I fumbled something a little bit with it last night, and I heard someone whisper something that. Uh, was correct. Like, this guy's terrible. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. No, we're, but, uh, we're in the wrong theater. <laughs> they just noticed uh, something that didn't really... When you think about it, it doesn't really explain... I think, you know, when I was talking about how like you're sensitive to angles and all that stuff, I think you're also more sensitive to people leaning over and whispering. <laughs> yeah. I feel like you have like a laser focus for like someone... Just that lean of like... Something you know how comedians talk about like killing and then and they then see the one this person one person? That, yeah. yeah, it's the same thing. Yeah. I'm right here. I can fucking see you. Yeah. You're as far from me as I am from you. Like, right. You know, uh, they think they're because they're, they're in the dark. And then or the worst is the pointing. There's a whisper <laughs> and a point. And like, motherfucker, especially, oh my God, especially in Edinburgh, someone in the second row is doing that. It's like, yeah. I. Wh- we're fuck. We're here. We're, uh, and then, so I, I will address that if I can come up with a, a good way to address it, which there isn't always. And yeah. sometimes I've regretted it because I didn't do anything and just looked weird, and a lot of people didn't notice it. So now I'm making a big deal out of a thing that no one noticed, right. etc. You know, you, we've all been there. Um, the other day, but sometimes you can do these things like uh, you know people are catching you on one thing, but you know they're not catching you on other things. The other day at this house party, I was doing the cups and balls, and I could see a guy pointing about at me, and he kind of figure out it was just like palming ball. You know, like the, basically a false transfer. He basically got in a false transfer. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's like kind of like, – he's the front row. He's like directly in front of me. So I was, uh, so, I've, um, so the first thing I do is I point out, I'm like, it's fine. 
Uh, I'm like, it's it, it doesn't it doesn't matter if there's 40 other minutes, it'll all be fine. But then I go, also, this is about to fool you, and he kind of chuckles because he doesn't because by this point he's like talking about. I can see what he's gesturing about is like these little fi- loads, but he doesn't see that I've already loaded the large baseballs and I've already done the final loads. Uh-huh. And so I'm like, it's okay, I'm about to fool you, uh, and I did, and then I got a very genuine reaction from him. So, huh? so then then I got a big laugh that I was like, see. I told you, yeah, and that was uh, uh, that was fun. But anyway, so I did this routine last night, and I, I wasn't comfortable doing this routine until I had some justification for why I was cutting up a silk and restoring it, and uh, and I finally got one this week, and I was like, cool, now I finally have a reason to do this at uh-huh. this show, uh, and I kind of committed, like, I want to do this at this show, um, and then uh, I spent the whole week just kind of cramming and thinking of a justification, um, and the idea was I compared it to Song of a Woman and Half, um, Song of a Woman and Half, and. Uh, why that's a terrible trick. Uh-huh. And this is the exact same trick, just within more comfortable means. Uh-huh. Um, so that's that's what that turned that's out. That's cool. So the whole thing was that, like... It was, it was basically all about kind of like how sexist that trick is. Uh-huh. Or misogynistic that trick can be. Right. Um, in the wrong hands. And like, and this is, you know, the exact same trick. Still a thing. Gonna go inside this thing. Cut yeah. it in half. Boom, back together. Yeah. But it's like, it's also, like, that trick is so fucking long. It's like 12 minutes... You have to get this giant box out that costs two thousand dollars, and you have to convince people that it's normal, even though it's clearly not normal. Yeah. Because who has one of those? Then you have to get bring out this woman in unnecessarily small pieces of lingerie, and uh, you know, and it's always a woman for some reason. You know, even though there's nothing about that trick that says it has to be a woman, mm-hmm. and it's like a lot of that stuff, and like, and then the, you know the person inspects the straps and he straps the woman down and the, the magician goes uh oh he's done this before because that's always hilarious <laughs> uh-huh. so there's basically me bitching about that for four minutes and then going this is the exact same trick just yeah. and then uh the one thing this got kind of a, a like um kind of a good laugh or more of like a groan kind of sort of like a oh um was that i'm like so i'm gonna do the exact same trick just within my means exact same trick and i pulled out a silk so i'm going to use a silk as the thing that we're cutting in half the reason i use a silk specifically is because this is going to have as many lines as much agency as you would in the actual version of the trick and that got like a uh. <laughs> um, uh, yeah what if you said like uh if, to the front of that if you just added and i'm not i'm not using the silk because it's like soft or feminine or you know, representing a woman that way, it's because it has no agency. Oh, that's, that's really good. Like I, I'm using this because it cannot talk back. Yeah. Um, um, uh, pitch for an upgrade to that joke. What if it's a dildo inside the tube? What if it's a dildo inside the tube? Because <laughs> then you could really smash the patriarchy. Right. Um, so yeah, so I got harder probably to restore that. a dildo. Harder to, yeah. But, but maybe you could. Like a magnet or something. I don't know. You could do something. So you're going to see Woody Aragon tonight. Tonight, probably. I'll be at the castle tonight. Oh, and I also, um, I don't know if I texted you about this, but for anyone interested, it's a member of the castle. I booked a week in the Glossop Gallery. Oh, um, when is this? Uh, December 9th through 15th. Hey. This year. Very good. Uh, just right under the wire. I got that December week. Um, so cool. I'm, I'm doing late close-up. Oh, nice. Yeah. This is, uh, that's a step up, I would think. Yeah, because I, I, I didn't late last year in may and then i did the early early in december of last year with then now that's called like cocktail cocktail hour, hour? yeah I, 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 I don't know what i mean it's, i think it's called different things in different places uh, and then uh and yeah that's what i'll be doing late um this year uh december 9th through 15th so come down um what do you think you're gonna do um I, I think you know what i i do think um if, if i may toot my own horn for a second uh i think the last time i was there um was probably the best act i had done there yeah um so i think the goal is going to be to just 
take that act and see if I can improve upon it in one or two ways. Mm-hmm. I don't have a lot of stuff that I'm that excited about to put on that is new, that is better than the things that I already have in that show. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the the best thing I can do is maybe take a couple things and kind of beef them up a little bit, make them a bit stronger, make them a bit funnier, make them a little bit more polished, and then put that on as just like a strong, good act rather than like, okay, well, I got to do something new and then yeah, spend yeah. the next, you know, less than two months busting my ass trying to come up with something good and interesting that turned out to be okay right what about the that photo filter film stuff the what the uh the i forget what that's called oh 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 oh, the polarized Polarized um yeah yeah, um i don't know i don't know that's a complete enough thing i still like i'm probably gonna do that coin matrix again though yeah yeah um and then i was thinking i've been working on a lot of like coin productions and stuff recently over the last couple months so if i could kind of do like if i could basically just take that act and add like a really good unique some coin productions like we'd been talking about mm-hmm. i'd be very happy what was also nice about that is that then i would basically have to only like fo- focus on one th- you know what i mean it's like i've never been in a situation before where i've gotten to the castle and i really like an act that i'm doing uh and i only have to like work on a little bit of it usually it's like i gotta f- we'll do these three fucking things um right so december 9th through 15th late close up come hang um if anybody out there is like a casual member of the castle is there a lot we don't know each other that well um come say hi the, keep, I, keep your distance the only reason yeah i'd appreciate it if you did the only reason i don't know more people at the castle is because i'm criminally shy and introverted when i'm there um, i mean luckily you're the only one right uh, <laughs> <laughs> so um, uh don't do like people did to me at disneyland did I tell you about this? No. Like one, the one one lady was like, hey, you're that guy from TV. And then just kept walking. <laughs> that was nice. Um, and then another one where a pack sorry, of- Sorry, my, my son's just never met an Asian man before. And yeah. Uh, where a pack of teenagers, when I was eating alone, a pack of teenagers just said, Chris. And I looked up and they started laughing. And then they went back to their meal. Yeah. I, that I, I don't like. I will just yes, say. Yes, that's the weird- Yeah, I, I, I definitely- I will either- not say anything um out of risk of uh i i will i will i'll say this i will only try like like, i will yell at people i I will introduce myself to someone that i like a celebrity that i whose work i recognize if i feel that um um they're not they're at a sort of a status uh that they're not recognized so much to the point where like just ruins every one of their days you know what i mean i'd probably not walk up to brad pitt if i saw him i'd be like he doesn't want me to, you know what I mean? He wants to eat at this Chili's. And, also, uh, your chance, I will say, uh, th- this is this will probably sound very entitled, but especially for somebody like Brad Pitt, it is 100% going to be an experience for you and not for him. Exactly. There is no way you can distinguish yourself in a way that is different than everybody else that's done it to him right. probably 30 times already that day. Exactly. So you're literally going to take up his time just for, I, so for you to uh, experience I once met Emma Watson, um, uh-huh. and she was there with... Uh, she was at a magic show. She was doing um, that... And I don't know what the magic show was, in case they go back. But she's at a magic show um, with uh, the guy that played uh, Neville as well. I can't remember his name. Hmm. Yeah, something. I can't remember something. Uh, anyway. Uh, Longbottom. Yes. Uh, uh, <laughs> thank you, God. I couldn't get it. He just Long played himself. Bottom. Right. Um that's the movie's a documentary. Do you yeah. know that? Yeah. Uh, anyway, so um, they were there and seeing a show, and then uh, she, like, her and I just happened to walk to the bathroom at the same time, and there's, like, these weird, poorly labeled bathroom doors. Uh-huh. And so I kind of felt bad for her because there was this moment where we were both trying to figure out which one's the men and women, and she had to watch as I realized it was her. She watched me kind of, like, do that. And I just, you know. <laughs> you just did a, 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 a. I was like, go. <laughs> yeah. But, like, you know, you just kind of, like, you just kind of go, 
Like your eyes widen, yes. you just kind of notice it, and you're like, "Oh shit!" Yes. Um, and I tried to be subtle about it. I didn't say anything. I was like, "Oh." I, I, I will say that even at my mild level of celebrity now, mm-hmm. I have I have become sensitive to that look. Right. And so what I will so like I said is, and again, I hope this doesn't come off as offensive, but someone uh, like yourself gets recognized sometimes, but probably not so much that it's like every day of your life the way it would be no, for like Emma Watson that can't talk to anybody without them going, oh my god, you're Emma Watson. Right, you know? exactly. Um, so th- it is that kind of person that I would probably introduce myself to if I want, if I like them, because like, it probably won't be as tedious for them. Well, also... And I, I know I won't, I, like, I, I won't be just 100% certain that I'm like annoying them. Right. Also, if we are in Vegas, or no, no, let's say we're in um, St. Louis, Missouri... And we see Danny D'Ortiz at a Cheesecake Factory. Like, we'll probably go introduce ourselves. Right. If we see Danny D'Ortiz at the session in London, right. probably not going right. to bother. In fact, it's even fair to say that is how we met, is because you were at the Magic oh, right. Castle. Yes. I had not seen Superstore at the time. Um, oh, I you knew reckon- me from Magic to I do. I recognized you from Magic to do. Yeah. Um, I had been managed to do about two or three times at that point, and yeah. you had been on all those shows. And then, actually, I also recognized you because um, Jess McKenna and Zach Reno, um, who I... Uh, was following after that because um, they have a pretty big like social media presences. They had a TV show, like an internet show, they did together. Oh yeah, serious music. Uh, yes, where they where they wrote music for um, like a hip hop artist, sort of a Justin Bieber character. Yep. And you were an episode of that. Yep. Um, and so I recognized you a little bit, and so I saw you at the castle, um, and then I introduced it, and then we talked, and now here we are. Yeah. So uh, everybody that was a very that, fortuitous introduction for well, myself. Everyone that introduces me from seeing me perform live doesn't. Like everybody that sees me at like Magic to do at UCB, like that doesn't bother me at all. Like that has never been a problem, uh, and it's really not a problem now. Uh, I, I was I was telling Eric though, my husband, that like it, it would only be about I would say one or two levels up in terms of recognition that it will start to be annoying, mm-hmm. um, because like in Disneyland, I was eating. A hot dog by myself at the table. What were you doing by yourself? Because Eric was riding Hyperspace Mountain and I didn't feel like doing it. Got it. Um, so I was like, I'm going to go get a corn dog or something. Yeah. And to have a table of teenagers just shout out my name and then giggle felt very uh, not good. Right. <laughs> it felt very like... Uh, There's a zoo analogy to be made there. Yeah. Or, or just, um, And I think I might have talked about this on my other podcast, but I've heard an po- interview with Andy Richter where he has trained himself not to respond when someone shouts Andy on the street. Oh, sure. Which I think is a very bad thing, like, to do. Like, as a human being, you're taking, like, your natural instinct to... Breaking rec- news, Andy Richter hit by a car today. Yeah, well, exactly. Like, Passerby said he did not hear the warning. I think it's a very unnatural thing to re- to do. Right. And I think it's sad that I... Not it's not the sad that I have to do it. It's it's right. sad that Andy Richter has to do it because he probably gets that all the fucking time. So like when you're walking on the sidewalk and a car drives by, mm-hmm. I it must be thousands of times that people have just shouted out Andy at him. Right. And the thing is, when somebody said that, when I heard that in Disneyland, the initial instinct is like, oh, someone like a friend of mine is here. Right. And then it's like not there. So. Yeah, and you hear that all the time. I think I really feel bad for the people who built careers off of like mean bad or gross characters and then like you hear those stories all the time where they're like yeah what's the grossest thing people shout to you like the grossest thing people shout to me is this 
and, and like and they'll shout just like in the street you're with your kid or something and they'll shout whatever horrific thing you said yeah on fxx or whatever you know i, I think i heard charlie day talk about this he talks yeah. about you know people always shout this and you know this yeah. horribly offensive thing i mean to to be fair i'm also a person that just says good luck with that dildo out in public right so you know who really like am i really someone <laughs> to complain hilarious. about any of this stuff um, um i want to say that this thursday about uh, magic to do do you right. have any shows this week this week no uh no i have a private thing coming up um but uh no my my next public shows that i'm aware of are at the castle december oh. 9th through 15th and then later that month uh december 21st and 22nd i'll be at magic mania at the um santa monica playhouse uh what's what's a day of the week that doesn't have a consistent magic show right now because there's is there still magic mondays somewhere that's new york oh there's not one here uh well okay so so that is uh, that is um, I mean is there a show on Mondays that is a magic show either? yes that is the Ali Selznick one um that is currently off uh okay in fact that that is what Magic Mania is okay it's him in the same space but he has a show on Mondays um that is like has a series run mm-hmm. um that I think just closed and it was gonna be uh yeah I think that just ended for the year or, or whatever I'm just it thinking is. in 2020 if we start like a regular show right we had talked we talked about what would be a time. good night for yeah that. um. I was thinking like a Wednesday. That would work like for a, me. A zesty little Wednesday. Yeah, that'd be good. Um, yeah, because I love Wednesdays it. in 2020. Wednesdays, book it. Book it. The setup uh, live. The setup live. I can't remember what the Taylor's show was called. Something. Jokers like. and Aces. So good. Yeah, it's much better. So good. <laughs> it's good if you're not a serial killer. Yeah. Which Taylor it's Hughes is. It's actually good even if you are a serial killer. Yeah, it's, it's good either way. It's a pretty good um, title. I also want to give a shout out to the houston astros right congratulations congratulations to me on getting a houston astros hat <laughs> i don't uh, really care that much about baseball sure uh but one of my friends is so into the washington nationals right and you know i have a dodgers hat like i was ready to be like cool the dodgers are going to be in the world series right. we were, were all ready for that um they were because they were good this year oh they were great they were i mean i would say they were i'm not an expert they were pretty much the favorite to be in the World Series. At least. Right, I like, had trepidations that they would be able to get past either the Yankees or the Astros in the World Series. I, I, but you I, thought they'd beat the? Is it the Cardinals that they lost to? Uh, they lost to the Nationals. Oh, um, they lost to the Nationals. Nationals yes. And yeah. then the Nationals have swept the Cardinals. Yes. So then I, I think I, I I'm kind of checked out really because I I yeah. only really like the Dodgers. I'm probably rooting for the Nationals. Houston won a couple years ago. As National well as have never been. National. Oh, I didn't see. Yeah, I didn't even know that. And also, I mean, just they have so much momentum right now. I mean, for for anybody to go for for to sweep a team in a division league championship series is impressive. Yeah. No matter who you are. So I think they just have so much momentum. They're doing great. You know. And, and if anyone's going to beat the Dodgers, I guess I would prefer that team to. Go, I would like to know that, that team went all the way instead of just randomly losing somewhere else. Yeah. Um. So I guess. Well, I don't care. I guess I'm kind of rooting for the... I would like to... You know what? If I'm not that invested, I do want to see it go to seven games. I don't really care, but I'm from Houston, so I should root for the Astros, and my whole family roots for the Astros, and uh, they have some cool hats, and I bought one. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I would like to see it go to seven games. Yep. um, Because I'd like to have at least be an interesting series. Yeah. um, If I don't care that... Even if if it's a team I do care about, I still want it to be an interesting... At the end of the regular season, if you had said it was Astros Nationals, most people would say like Astros are probably going to crush them, because, right? But now it does. I mean, right, right, I, right. I mean, I'm no expert. There's probably some you know analysts being like, no, the Astros are still better, but because uh, Astros were like, weren't they the best team in the league or the last time? Like at the end of the regular season? Um, I think they might have been. I think that that mantle was often passed between Astros, Yankees, and Dodgers. Of who is? Who I just is, mean in terms of record. 
Did they not end the uh, season with the best record? I don't know, but I, I think yeah, the record the, as the like the record goes, I think that the the most wins of the regular season was was kind of went back and forth between oh, Yankees, Dodgers, and, and 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 Astros. I think the Astros came away by the end with like two games ahead. Um, yeah, I'm totally a Fairweather fan. Where like I don't even know the names of the people I'm rooting for, right? Um, which you know is because I find baseball mm-hmm. kind of boring. Oh, I uh, I finished. Um, there was an article I was writing, uh, a little essay about uh, um, some about that Joshua J study about uh, magic oh, yes. that I uh, that I just about finished. I'm going to edit it a little bit, um, just kind of tweak it, and then uh, I figure next time we record it, I could talk about that. Oh, very good. And where do you publish these things? I nowhere on my. Oh, I'll laptop. give you a suggestion from uh, Derek Sievers, who's a uh, who founded like CD Baby. He's got a great blog. He writes a lot of interesting articles. Mm-hmm. But his, uh, uh, or is it actually? I mean, it might be Seth Godin. These two guys who I love, Derek Sievers and Seth Godin. Seth Godin podcast is really good. Uh, I think you think Seth Godin was saying that basically you should just have a blog and just write your opinions out. It doesn't matter if anybody reads it. But like you might just make a little blog and right. just like... Because uh, are you at johnacardomagic.com? Is that your uh, website? I have. I, I'm changing my domain right now. I oh. own johnacardomagic.com, but it's not really active. Uh, I need to tie it to like it a to? Wix page or something. Um, I just don't know how it... Um, how to combine those that's something i'm figuring out with a person right now actually john according to magic has a picture of a guy taking a photo through a window like he's lee harvey oswald yeah that's like the generic um that's like the generic uh stock photo that's on these wix things so i'd say put start putting up these thoughts on this blog yeah uh the astros did have the best record in the league the dodgers had 106 wins astros had 107 uh, i was gonna say i would have said 108 i think the yankees also had 106 is that right the Yankees had 103. Oh, okay. So, there you go. Um, good luck to the Houston Astros and the Washington Nationals. I don't really give a shit about either of them. <laughs> and uh, and uh, we'll, good luck to us. Uh, send us an email. Uh, what's our thing again? I the never set remember. Up, I think it's the setup our, our email, our Facebook, and our Instagram are all slightly different variations on the on the phrase setup podcast. The setup podcast. Um, so, let's... Uh, let me, okay. Because send me an email if you're going to the Penguin Max. So if you would like to West. get in touch with us, send us an email at setuppod at gmail.com. That's setuppod with uh, two P's. And yep. I said, did I say dot com? I feel like I said dot com. Setuppod at gmail.com. <laughs> yeah. You should have known that. Um, on Instagram, uh, feel free to shoot us a message. At, uh, see, I just said message. <laughs> what is going on with me today? I'm very drunk. He's three uh, sheets to the wind. Yeah. Um, what is that? Three sheets to the wind. That, that means you're drunk. Oh, okay. It's like an Irish thing, I think. Um, our, our Instagram is setup podcast. Uh, again, two P's, setup podcast. And on Facebook, at I think we're just the setup discussions of magic comedy. Yeah, that's our page. Um, so feel free to like us. Uh, and if you're enjoying the podcast, um, leave us a review. If you're not enjoying the podcast, just fuck off. I don't know. Like, you don't need to go out of your way to tell us that we're bad. Have people done that? No. No, I'm they saying. Wouldn't. Uh, in sailing, a sheet is a rope that controls the trim of sail. A sheet that is in the wind has come loose from its mooring and is flapping in the wind like a flag. So if you are three sheets of the wind, you are totally unmoored and unbalanced. In danger of crashing, just like a totally inebriated person. Three sheets to the wind. All right, we'll see you next time. <laughs> see you next time. <laughs>